0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We are excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Thanks for joining us tonight. It's really good that you're here. My name's Caleb. If we haven't met, if we have met, my name's still Caleb. You like that one? thought you would. Um, but thanks to everyone. Thanks to all the family and friends that are joining us for Honey's dedication today. It's really special to have you here tonight. Um, This morning, Pastor Boren kind of launched a bit of a series in week two. Uh, So with the life of our church over the next couple of months, we're methodically working through these four things. The first one is foundations, the second one is family, the third one is Holy Spirit, and the fourth one is mission. And this week is week two, and we're going to be talking about family. Uh, Pastor Boren did this morning, and I'd like to continue from where he left off uh, this morning. So if you have your Bibles, open them. If not, it'll be on this electronic Bible up here. Are you ready? Mark three, thirty one says this I'll read from the New King James it says, Then his brothers and his mother came, and standing outside they sent to him, calling him. Verse thirty two, and the multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked around the circle to those that sat around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother, my sister, and mother. Jesus made this statement. He said, hey, whoever does the will of God is family to me. I I always thought that this passage was really awkward. Like, you know those awkward moments where like, um, I don't know, like, where you kind of become a man, and you got to, like, leave home a little bit. Does anyone experience that? What about a woman? Yeah, high five, thank you. You are waiting for that. Um, It's like these awkward moments, like, well, that's a bit harsh, Jesus. What's going on here? What's going on behind the scenes? I've titled this message, It Runs in the Family. Can you say that? It runs in the family. Could anyone tell which kids were mine tonight? Any ideas? How'd you know? Because it runs in the family, would you agree? I had commented all the time that Jethro is like a mini me and I could not be prouder. He's still at that age where he thinks I'm awesome and I'm going to ride that train as long as I can. Can I get an amen? Um, seriously, like having kids that love you is just so refreshing. And man, I'm not looking forward to him realizing that I'm not as good as he thought I was, but one day it's going to come crashing down hard. I was trying to think I, I don't remember when it happened for me. Do you remember when it happened for you? Maybe you had a parent or a role model in your life that was like like they were just awesome. And then their jokes weren't funny anymore all of a sudden and then But some things run in my family. For example, my musical ability. <laughs> Caleb Hearn, man, that's embarrassing. I can hear you with the mask on from like 30 meters away. <laughs> or maybe my lack thereof music ability. My rhythm, it runs in my family as well. If you've seen my dad's dance moves, you've seen them all. My posture, has you seen Jeth- Jethro's bad posture? is identical to mine, it runs in the family. Man, I've caught myself so many times lately like using the same jokes that my dad used to use or the same lines, like, I'm just like, oh no. Like, and I remember being like Jethro, like rolling my eyes at my dad going, really, dad? And now I actually think they're good. And I'm going to Jethro, this. And he's like, oh, dad, you know, like, it's funny how things change and things run in the family. I had the privilege probably two years ago during my granddad's funeral. And um, at his funeral, we were all talking about things that we remembered of him. And these legs are his. I've got my granddad's legs, seriously, You've never seen a skinnier pair of legs than my granddad's, and I've got the second skinniest pair in the world. But it runs in the family. Some sayings that we have, or hairlines, or lack thereof, I'm not sure. I think I've got my mum's personality probably more. There she is there, perfect timing mum, right on point. Hopefully I've got some of your generosity and your selflessness too mum. You're a bit of a legend. But... You see, what I'm trying to say is that our mannerisms, our habits, our sayings, our traditions, our worldview, they reflect the family that we come from. And Jesus makes this statement. He says, no, 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 whoever does the will of my Father is family to me. I wonder if, first of all, we could work out what the will of the Father was. And second of all, I wonder what it would look like if people could tell that we were part of God's family. And by God's family, I mean corporately the church, the expression of Christianity on the earth today. What would that look like? What would it? What would be the identifiers? What would be the markers if we were to say that those people were part of God's family? I think the goal in all of our spiritual journeys is that we would become more like Christ. Do we agree with that? Yep. That's the goal. That would be more like Him, and I feel like He sets the bar, the bar so high. Would you agree? but so worth it. Jesus taught us that we could uh, be known by our fruit. I'd like to read for you from Psalm 37 verse 4, and it says this. This is David writing it, and he says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I remember growing up as a young Christian, I thought this was my excuse to get whatever I want, whenever I want it. Anyone else? Amen but I think the scripture means something different to that now. I thought that it was an excuse so that I could use it to get what I wanted out of life, but I've realized, then this is really what I've realized, not just about this scripture in Psalms, but about God's will in general, is that when I delight myself in God, when my focus is God, when my attention is God, when my, he, my desires become his desires, so that all of a sudden I'm transformed from the inside out and I actually want what he wants. Like, I want him more than that house. I want him more than that car. That's the desire of our spiritual journey, that we would delight ourselves in him and he would give us the desires of our heart, which are more of him. Jesus only did what his father did. He, He only did the will of his father. We find this in many places, but one of them is John chapter five. I'd like to read for you verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Verse 21, for as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to he to whom he will. Verse 22, for the father judges no one has committed judgment all all judgment to the son that all should honor the son just as they honor the father he who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him Jesus only did the will of the father that is the point i was trying to read then let's look at the way jesus lived in the family traits of our church of highway church and see what runs in our family the first thing that i think that runs in our family or Or what did Jesus do? Can I put it that way? Or are we part of his family? The first thing that I need to look at is in this family we see the one. I know this is oversimplified a lot of the time, but Jesus seemed to be never too busy for the ones. No one was not worth his time. No one was too far gone. No one was unlovable or untouchable, even if society said that they were for him in his culture, in his day. The person that I think of the best that does this so well is Scotty Russell. Are you in the building, Scotty Russell? I saw he was wagging in the foyer before. He probably knew I was preaching. He's over there. Oh, he's at the back. Scotty Russell, high five. Um, Scotty Russell can see the one. Have you seen this guy? Like, I, uh, He can relate to anyone. He's like the people's champion pastor, if you know what I mean. You call up Scotty Ross, what are you doing? I'm dropping a washing machine off because this person needed that and I met this person here and they're doing that so I needed that. And, but Scotty has this ability just to, to connect with anyone, to see the one and I think that, Scotty, you get that from your Saviour, you get that from Jesus and I love that you see the one, Scotty, and I think all of us should be like that, that we're not too busy, that we're not too self-absorbed, that we're not too looking at our selfie on our self but we turn our camera the other way and see the beauty in the world that God created and in others. I'm so thankful to have Damo and Haley here tonight. These guys over here legends. They're our neighbors across the road. And um, these guys are just awesome. Like, we kind of just, I don't know, really connected in lockdown last year. And it's really special that you're here, guys. Um, but we need to value the ones that God puts in our life. Pastor Byron would say it like this, our highway vision would be to get them saved and build them for eternity. Matthew 25, verse 37, then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it. To me. I can't, I can't change the world. I can't. Can you? But man, I can change one. I believe it, man. I believe that I can make a difference. I have to believe that we can make a difference. Do you? In this family, we need to be people that see the ones. Number two, I think we need to be, in this family, we need to be people that seek God. I know that sounds a bit out there for some, that may seem so far off for others, but we see a pattern in Jesus' life that he spent time with God to minister out of. He got away from the busyness to seek God. We would call this that highway presence-driven in our family. A marker of this family would be that as a church, we're presence-driven, which I understand is different language and it may sound a little bit... Um, Older language, but presence-driven means that we desire to see God move and His presence manifest in our world. I love how Acts 1-8, I remember youth camp was called Power. I saw someone wearing a parachute right there. Ollie, come on, the man. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We always quote that bit, but then it goes on and says, and you shall be my witnesses. The point of the Holy Spirit was that He would empower us to be better witnesses to our world. I think that we need to be people that seek God so that we can live better. The purpose of the Spirit is to be more effective witnesses, like I said. It doesn't matter where you're at on your journey right now. It doesn't matter. But where you're going is what matters. God came to us. What are we going to do with that? I think an identifier... It runs in the family of this church. It runs in the family of Christianity that we would be people that would seek God and we want others to experience the love and the grace that we have experienced. Which leads me to number three. In this family, or this runs in the family, is that we take others on the journey. Jesus said this a couple of times in Matthew and Mark. Follow me and I will make you. And his disciples dropped their livelihoods and followed him. My life is better today because of my faith and the relationship that I have with Jesus. And I want others to experience this. Do you? I do. I want to take others on the journey. Thanks for that, Chris. That was perfect timing, actually. This is Chris. Give us a wave. Chris Yellen. Pastor Chris Yellen. Pastor Chris and Pastor Beck here. These are actually the Gold Coast Calvary uh, campus pastors here, and um, also my best mate, but Chris was just a guy in my high school that we had an opportunity to do life together and invite to a youth ministry when we were 15 or 16. And now today, a lot of his family are in church. He's a credentialed pastor on the Gold Coast. It's a long way from a non-Christian home in Emerald. But I'm here to tell you, our role is to take others on the journey. And there's no greater joy in our life than taking others on the journey. Honestly, I think that we need a... Like I said, get our focus off ourselves for a second. Put it on Jesus. And then when we realize that God wants for us, all of a sudden our focus shifts off us and onto others. Take others on the journey. Tonight we're relaunching Connect Groups. We have all day and we're going to do it again in a moment. But we believe in connection and doing life with others. In this family, we take others on the journey. Number four, we sacrifice for the betterment of others. We exist to make others, people's lives better better. We're a family church with a mission's heart. A family church is, means that you, this is a place that we can belong. But also, it's a place that we make the world a better place by affecting the ones. We do this all throughout our church in our Got Your Back program, which is awesome. Which pretty much means that on the Gold Coast at the moment, no child will go into to foster care without a backpack on our watch. No, no one, like no child on the Gold Coast will go into foster care or be removed from the home situation without a backpack with essential needs, like, I mean, like toothpaste, PJs, brush, a cuddle toy or something like that because of Highway Church. This is because we're a family church with a mission's heart. Joey's just been expanding this ministry and it's been awesome. We're up to being lean now and they want us up Logan home. Like, it's just going awesome. Our Dear Santa project, man, No kid in foster care will go without a Christmas present on the Gold Coast this year because of Highway Church. No child in this area will not have the opportunity to to do religious instruction in their state primary school because of Highway Church. We run religious instruction in this local area because we care about our community. We sacrifice, and it's all run by volunteers. Our work that we do in India, Pastor Byron first went to India in 1985. That was before I was born. Anyone else? Makes me feel a little bit younger. Thank you, Pastor Byron. (laughs) I need that every now and then. But for those of us that have been privileged enough to be on one of our missions trip to India, man, I can't wait till the borders open to COVID subsides and we get to go again. But the work there is phenomenal. When you spend 30 or 40 years investing your heart, our soul, and our finances into somewhere, it makes a difference. We sacrifice for the betterment of others. We do this because this is the example that Jesus showed us. Jesus showed us in Gethsemane in the garden there, the Man of Olives, where, where he was like, like Dr. Luke. Dr. Luke says it this way, Luke, the writer of the gospel as a physician, I call him Dr. Luke, but he puts it this way, other details. He said Jesus was almost sweating to the point of droplets of blood, the anguish that he found himself in in this moment. And he says to his his dad, his, his God, he says, God the Father, he says, hey, if it's possible, take this cup from me, but not my will, yours be done. The Christian faith is one of sacrifice where we sacrifice for the betterment of others, and it is so worth it. Not my will, but yours, God. If I'm completely honest, man, I didn't want to preach tonight. Like, this is like the hardest ever. I'm like overthinking everything. I'm in my own head, like, and I'm questioning everything, I'm thinking, oh, if I say that this person's in the room, that person's in the room, what do I say here? What do I do there? And I've just psyched myself out completely. But you know what? It's not what I want. It's not my will, God, but it's yours. Our job is to be faithful to where he's called us to be and say, hey, God, God, I trust you. God, not my will, but yours be done. God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see the people in our world. God, that you'd give us eyes to see the opportunities in our world. God, if this is what you're like, I want people to identify me as part of your family. I want them to say, hey, wait a minute, Slats, Caleb, I see a glimpse of God in you. Hey, that's a little bit of what God's like. I see Jesus in you. In this family, we sacrifice for the betterment of others. Let me say it this way. Could others pick whose kids we are? (laughs) Could others in our world pick whose kids we are? I'm not talking about our looks. I'm not even talking about that we have cleaner language than the person beside us. I'm talking about our actions. I'm talking about our heart and our love and the way that we treat every single person in our world. God's been good to me. And I want others to see His goodness at work in their life. Can I pray before we close? Hey, God, I just lift up every person in this place. God, I thank you, Lord, for bringing them here tonight. God, I just pray, Lord, that something that I spoke about, God, would encourage them to live for you. God, would to make a change or to take that next step closer to you. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would touch every heart and every life now and that you would reveal yourself to each person in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.